Now what happened to the Bani Israel? Under the mountain, yes, they accepted. But then, ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ Allahu Akbar. Summa then, after taking that covenant with Allah, what did you do? Tawallaytum. You turned away. Tawallaytum is from the root letters, wow, lam, ya. You turned away from the promise, the commitment that you made. Mimbardi dhalik after that. So what should have happened? What should have happened? Basically, the mountain should have been picked up and thrown on them wherever they were. Isn't that what you would do? Like for example, you tell your brother, don't touch my phone. If you touch it, I'm going to smack you. For example. And so in front of you, he's like, uh, fine, I won't touch it. But as soon as you turn away, there he goes, takes it off the charger and runs away. So what are you going to do? Oh, he's so funny. Is that how you're going to react? You're going to go find him where he is, chase him down, and fulfill your word. Isn't it? What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? فَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ لَكُنْتُمْ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still dealt with them with mercy and pardon. Allah says, فَلَوْلَا So if it was not for فَضْلُ اللَّهِ The favor of Allah عَلَيْكُمْ on you. فَضْل Fadl is from the root letters fa dad lam. And fadl is, you know, an extra favor that you bestow on someone. They're not deserving of it, but you give it to them anyway. It's a favor. So if it was not for Allah's favor on you, wa rahmatuhu, and His mercy, meaning if He was not merciful over here on you, lakuntum min al khasirin, you would have surely been amongst the losers. Khasirin is the plural of khasir. Khasin ra is the root. Khusran is loss. Khasir is one who suffers loss. If Allah was not merciful on you, you would have been of the losers. Losers as in you would have lost this world and the hereafter. You would have nothing. Meaning you would have been rightly punished and you would have no way of coming out of that state. What is this ayah telling us? That even though they turned away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again gave them another chance. Who does that? Do people do that? Maybe they'll give you one or two chances, but then after that, they're done. They reach their maximum capacity. Isn't it? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Halim. Al-Halim. The one who is truly most ever tolerant, forbearing. That we sin, we disobey, we go against our word day in and day out. And what happens? He doesn't punish us right away. He gives us yet another chance. Have you ever learned about something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to do and still you don't do it? Has it ever happened? Or has it ever happened that you learned about something that Allah does not like and yet you did it? Don't we do this in our lives? We do. We disobey Allah when He commands us and we disobey Him again by going against His commands. By doing the very thing that He has forbidden us from. But does He punish us immediately? No. He gives us another chance again. That repent. Realize, repent. Realize, fix yourself. 
realize and turn back. So, what should this teach us? What should this teach us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How should we think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What this is telling us is that if Allah has punished a servant, it's not Allah's fault at all. Whose fault is it? It is the servant's fault. Because people ask, you know, why is there hellfire? Why is there this punishment? Why is there ghadab, anger of Allah? Right? There should be just love and love and love and forgiveness and forgiveness and forgiveness. Well, yes, Allah is very forgiving, very merciful, and He gives multiple chances to His servants again and again. But when they don't learn and they prove themselves unworthy, then yes, if they're punished, it's their fault. So firstly, this is what it teaches us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What else do we learn from these verses? Assalamu alaikum. We should have open from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if I commit mistake, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive me, but this is on me to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for seeking forgiveness from Him. Yes. Always have hope. Always be hopeful. What happens is that sometimes we look at ourselves, we're like, you know what, I'm learning the Quran, you know, today we're completing the first book and look at me. I don't know what I'm going to get fixed. You know what, maybe... I'm just not that type of a person. Maybe I'm just meant to be this bad. Shaitan puts these thoughts in our mind. It's never too late. Allah will still be merciful on you as long as you keep turning back to Him. Yes, I wanted to say that uh, I love that ayah in Quran, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِي لَا تَقْنُطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Do not despair from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa Yes. Never despair of the mercy of Allah. But then it also teaches us that we should be serious with the book of Allah. Like, come on. We should take the book of Allah seriously. And if we don't take it seriously, who are we harming? Ourselves. And it's not the right attitude. Don't let shaitan trick you into thinking that you're not a Muslim, even if you make a mistake. Yes. Don't let shaitan deceive you. SubhanAllah, we learned uh, from the, one of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the name is Ar-Rahim. Mm-hmm. He's the infinitely uh, merciful. So in spite we keep committing sins throughout our lives, He still keeps forgiving us, SubhanAllah. Yes, very true. I mean, look at the number of times that the Bani Israel misbehaved. I mean, I don't know any other word that I could use here. Just look at how they were behaving every time. But yet Allah was pardoning towards them. Yes, as you mentioned that don't let it go. And I would like you to ask uh, students here how many of them do memorize their lesson every single week. Like I have been moving around for uh, missing GIs and I have noticed hardly one or two students are here who have been doing their lesson like the whole lesson. Otherwise, just one ayah or two ayah or three ayah. So this is not holding the Qur'an with quwa. I'm not going to ask you because that's the responsibility of your group in charges. But I am going to think positively about you. But at the same time, I do want you to think about yourself here. Don't think about the people in your group. Don't think about the people in your class. Ask yourself, what is my relationship with the Qur'an? How seriously do I take the Qur'an? When it comes to, you know, for example, a TV show, I don't want to miss a single episode. 
When it comes to watching Tastemade regularly, I want to make sure that I watch it every day and don't miss any day or whatever it is that you follow. When it comes to following somebody on Instagram, how often, how frequently we're checking. We have reminders, you know, notifications. Well, this one sent you a snap. That one sent you a snap. And constantly we're checking. What is our connection with our phones? And what is our connection with the Book of Allah? What is our connection? You know when you have a streak going with somebody? What do you do? Even if you have nothing to send, you always take a blank picture, write an S and just send it. Not even an S sometimes, you'll just send it. Why? Because you have to maintain that streak. You know, it's been going on for like 150 days. So you can't lose it. Isn't it? That is your connection with a human being. And what kind of a connection is it? Blank random pictures. What is our connection with Allah? What is our connection with the book of Allah? I was just thinking that with these verses, sometimes we find the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hard or we don't understand why that is. And the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted Bani Israel to have that command and it seemed almost as if it was forced upon them. So sometimes when we have commands in Islam that we find it hard upon ourselves, we should realize that you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants something better out of us than yes. what we think. Yes, very true. It's like, you know, uh, some kids, they just don't want to go to school. They say, I quit. I'm done. So what do their parents say? Get up and go. Right? No, no, I quit. I'm done. No, no, Quiet. Get up and I will drop you at school. They kind of have to force it on you. Because you kind of don't know what you're doing. So likewise, Bani Israel, they were making, in a way, a foolish choice by rejecting this mithaq or this book. So, you know, it was forced on them because that is what was good for them. And that is what they were rescued for. To live by the law. And if they were renouncing that law, then what good was their existence? Last comment? I just wanted to share a story how blessed we are to have Quran in our life. Mm-hmm. I was visiting a sick person from my family and in the same room there was an old lady and she was singing and listening to songs on YouTube to calm herself down. And the daughter was doing the same. So then my aunt said, let's go and do dawa. So I was a little hesitant because I'm like, uh, she's first of all sick. She's singing out so loud and I could tell where she belongs, right? So anyway, so she went and I went. And then she was like 80 plus lady and she's like, uh, oh, hello, how are you? And she was so nice. And I said, you have a beautiful voice. And she said, oh, thank you. Do you want me to sing? And then she started singing. And I told her, I have a beautiful voice. Would you like me to uh, uh, sing something for you? And she said, sure. So then I started reading Surah Fatiha. And I um, started from A'udhu Billah, Bismillah, and my heart is pounding. And, and I just said, Alhamdulillah, and she started crying. She started crying, I started crying, everybody is crying. And she doesn't understand why I'm crying. And the reason why I was crying is because here is this lady, 80 plus, never got a chance to listen to Qur'an. First time ever probably heard, and this is how it's affecting her heart. What about us? We read it day and night. We have it in our house, but it does not affect us like that. The effect that I had on reading Surah Fatiha that day, I never felt that ever before in my life. And I, I was so, like she was saying, 
it's okay, you know, I feel like everybody feel like crying today. That's fine. <laughs> she was like consoling us, but I couldn't tell her that I feel ashamed of myself right now. That I had a blessing that I never uh, took care of. And certainly, alimtum, you all had already known, minkum, those people who transgressed among you, and what did they transgress about? Fisabati, regarding the Sabbath. You are very familiar, you know very well, the people who transgressed the Sabbath. Now again, this is an address to the Bani Israel, and they're being reminded of an incident that happened in their history where certain people violated the Sabbath. They turned away from the promise that they had made with Allah. So earlier we learned that we should always think positively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But here we are given a warning that if we keep taking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and pardon for granted and we keep going back to the ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala disapproves of, then there will be consequences. And for those consequences, we don't have anyone to blame except for ourselves. So the example is given of a certain qariya, of a certain township, a certain people of the Bani Israel who lived by the sea. And what did they do? They violated the Sabbath. Now the question is, what is the Sabbath? Are you familiar with the Sabbath? Sabbath is basically Saturday, the day of Saturday, which was made special for the Bani Israel. Special in the sense that they were forbidden from doing any worldly work, and they were to dedicate this entire day for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? So one day of the week, they were not allowed to do any worldly work, no business, no work, whatever their work was, and they were to dedicate their entire day to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? Sabd, literally the word sabd, seen bata, is to cut. So it's, you cut off from your work, from, you disconnect from the world. So, there was this population that lived by the sea, and they were a fishing community. They used to fish in order to earn their livelihood. Now what happened was that they were tested, just as we will be tested. We are tested. So their test was that Saturday they couldn't fish, but Saturday is when they would see so many fish literally coming to the surface of the water. They didn't want to miss that opportunity. So they came up with a plan. They said, you know what? We have to figure out a way of fishing, but also not fishing at the same time. So they said, okay, we'll put the nets in on Friday. Friday evening, we put the nets in. All day Saturday... We're not fishing. On Sunday, we'll take the nets out. So what's going to happen on Saturday all day? When the nets are in the water, what's going to happen? All those fish are going to be caught. So they said, hey, we're not fishing, but they were also fishing. You understand? Technically, they weren't fishing, but at the same time, they were fishing. Now, this is what? Playing with the law. This is basically using trickery in order to get what you want, but at the same time, technically observe the law. I mean, you can do this with people. You can do this with children maybe, or with people who are not that intelligent. You can deceive them. But doing this with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is not acceptable. 
So this was a clear violation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمْ عَلِمْتُمْ عَيْنْ لَامِيمْ عِلْمْ to know. You already know الَّذِينَ Those people who اِعْتَدَوْ اِعْتَدَوْ From the root letters عَيْنْ دَالْوَاو اِعْتَدَى is to transgress. مُعْتَدِينَ Allah does not like the مُعْتَدِينَ Those who transgress. So they transgressed مِنْكُمْ among you فِي Concerning the Sabbath. They played with the law. So what happened? فَقُلْنَا There were consequences. We said, لَهُمْ to them, كُونُوا بِقِرَدَةً خَاسِئِينَ قِرَدَةً is the plural of the word قِرْد. And a قِرْد is a monkey. Just one thing, when you hear people talking, please don't shush them. It's not respectful. You can remind them in another way, each other. You know, put your finger on your mouth or something, nudge them a little bit, but don't shush them. So, here we see qirada. Qirada is the plural of the word qird. And qird is a monkey. Khasi'in, plural of the word khasi. Khasi'in, hamza is the root. And khasi' is someone who doesn't have any respect, any worth. Like for example, ikhsa, get lost. You know, get away. This is what ikhsa is. Khasi', one who doesn't have any worth or respect. So they are to be chased away. You don't want them near you. قِرَدَةً خَاسِئِينَ Apes, monkeys that are despised, that have no worth, that have no respect. This is what they were turned into. Literally, this group of people, they were converted into what? Into monkeys. This is mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf, ayah number 73 also. فَجَعَلْنَاهَا So we made it. It, as in this punishment that was given to them, that how they were converted into monkeys, we made this into a nakal. We made this as a nakal. Nakal is an exemplary punishment. From the root letters, noon kaf lam. Nakal is such a severe punishment that serves as a deterrent for others. That when you see it, you're like, oh my God, this is so bad, I never want to even dare do this. I don't even want to try it. I don't want to go anywhere near it. Why? Because the consequences are so serious. I heard about somebody that they were caught speeding on the highway, like speeding really badly. So their license suspended, car taken, they can't drive. And I was like, um, I would like to, you know, drive really fast, but I don't think I'm even going to go near that. I'm never going to even try. This is what a nakal a terrible punishment that you witness and it serves as a deterrent for you. You learn your lesson just by watching somebody else. So I used to work at Mount Sinai Hospital. It's a Jewish hospital. So just referring back to the Sabbath, on um, their Sabbath, Saturday it would start. And in order for them not to do any work, the elevators would turn into automatic elevators. So you couldn't push a button for the floor that you wanted. So they were prevented from doing any work. So the Sabbath elevators would stop at every floor automatically. Um, so you weren't doing any work by pushing the buttons. Mm-hmm. But they were at work yeah. anyway. You know, while this might sound funny, it's actually very scary. It's easy to judge other people and say, oh, look how they're playing with the law. But what do we do? What do we do? When we know that, okay, this is not allowed, we figure out some other way. We call it something else. We give it another label. For example, when it's interest, we say, oh, this is not interest, this is just business, you know, this is just profit. No, it's interest. 
calling it Prophet is not going to change its reality. So you see what happened to the Bani Israel, the severe punishment that served as a deterrent, nakalan, for all people. The point is that we must have respect for the law. You know, if we change the law or play around with it, find loopholes, there is a deeper problem over here. It's not a surface issue. There is a deeper problem over here. And that deeper problem is that a person does not have respect for Allah or His law. He doesn't have fear of Allah. So for example, you know, for instance, if there is a certain individual who has you know, a fake identity online and they're pretending to be who they're not and they're doing all sorts of things while this may be wrong, but there's a deeper problem here. So another problem that I've noticed is that along with bending the law, a lot of people really, really pull it close to the limits. Like an example can be if like the Adhan is playing, right? And you were watching, say, a movie or a video or something. Right up until the last second you will play it, and as soon as the Adhan starts, you'll stop, sure. But you're counting the minutes, you're counting the seconds, how much longer until it's over. I just want to play my movie, I just want to do this. And we're waiting for that sort of point where we have to, in a way we see it as suffering, right? We have, in that point where we have to wait until the agonizing moment, until it's over and we can continue doing yeah. what we want so, to do. So for example, when it comes to Fajr Salah, instead of looking at when it begins, we look at? When it ends. Right? When it ends. So if it ends at 6.05, for example, I'll wake up at 6.03. Hmm? 30 second wudu, one minute salah. I'll be done. This is, again, I mean, technically, fine. You have prayed. All right. But there is an issue here. What you take seriously, what you have respect for, you do it properly. You don't play around with it. And what this shows is foolishness in a person. That they're unintelligent. And generally such people are viewed as, oh, wow, you're so clever. You got to do what you wanted and at the same time you followed the law. Apparently such people are considered to be intelligent. But is this intelligence? No, this is foolishness. Because a person is trying to deceive who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ They don't even get it. Assalamu alaikum. Even though humans are very intelligent and we made a lot of advances, we will never outsmart our Creator. Yes. So we have to know at the end of the day, our Creator knows us better than ourselves. Exactly. I mean, see, we can pretend to be who we're not. We can have multiple identities online. We can fake in front of people. You know, fake and be one person in front of one individual and another person in front of, you know, the different masks that we wear. We can do all of that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows who we really are in our core. I was just thinking about, I mean, in the context of Ramadan, we have just heard a lecture from the brother and very useful tips about um, how to go through the sacred month. And I was thinking that for the children especially and for the teenagers and for some adults as well, Ramadan becomes difficult, 16 or 17 hours long, Rosa. And the brother was telling us about that, how to spend that time uh, connecting to Quran, recitation and all these things. And I was thinking that generally what people do, that they just go out to the mall to kill the time, they start their countdown, and it's kind of again a deviation from the command of Allah. 
Rosa is the purpose of fasting. Exactly. Is something to else. worship more, right? to get connected to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala more and more, and very closely to abide by all the rules of. It's just not that you just Have starve all day and exactly. can't start your gun down to read. Exactly. I mean, uh, somebody was telling me, you know what? We're going to be at Denny's every night. We're going to eat there 3 a.m. or 2:30, whatever, because it's 24 hours. This particular Denny's. We're going to have our sahur over there, and then you know, then we'll sleep all day. They were so excited that they found a 24 hours Denny's where they can eat all that they want, whatever they wish. And I'm like, okay, that's great. You can eat a nice sahur, but then the purpose of fasting is not to sleep all day, to chill at night and sleep all day. That's not the purpose of fasting, or to kill our time by watching TV or things like that. Well, again, it may not be impermissible, but come on, be serious. We don't like to be. Joked around with, isn't it? Like, for example, if you ask your dad, "Dad, can I have some money? I'm going to the mall," and he says, "Sure, go take that change." What would you do? Come on, Dad, I'm serious here. I don't want some loose change. I want money. So I said, "Okay, here you go, five dollar bill." What would you say? Would you just take it? No, because you're going to the mall with your friends. You can barely get Baskin Robbins two scoops from you know with five dollars. You can't even get that much. What are you gonna do? Get two hedgehogs maybe? Right? The chocolate? What can you do with five bucks? Not much. So when our parents treat us like that, we don't like it. But we need to look at our relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala with the Book of Allah. When Allah wants us to do something, what is our attitude? Just doing the bare minimum. To put a check mark, just a check mark, check mark, check mark. While that may be okay, but we need to see what is the state of our heart, and until when will we play with the laws of Allah? Because look at what Bani Israel went through. Consequences. Imagine they were turned into monkeys. Astaghfirullah. Fajalnaha nakalan. We made this as an exemplary punishment for who? Lima bayna yadayha. Firstly. What is ma bayna yadayha? Ma whoever bayna yadayha. Bayna literally means between, and yaday is dual of the word yad. Yad is hand. Bayna yaday literally is that which is between your two hands. But the Arabs, when they say ma bayna yaday, bayna yaday, they don't mean what's between your hands. They mean what's in front of you. So lima bayna yadayha means. Whoever was in front of it, in front of it, as in whoever was alive at that time, in the surrounding areas, in the surrounding communities, when they heard that this entire community turned into apes, this was an exemplary punishment. This was a big lesson. Lima bayna yadeha, wama khalfaha, and whoever was after it, khalf is behind. So any community, any nation that came after them. This was a big example for them also until today. Wamawiratan and an admonition lil muttaqin for the people of taqwa. Mawirah is from the root letters wawainla, and wawl is a lesson. Mawirah a lesson, but it's a lesson that really impacts your heart. Like you feel it, you feel it. There's some emotion over there, some fear, some motivation, some interest. Or some feeling of wanting to stay away, like it's touched your heart, it's shaken you. So this incident was a mawrida for the people of taqwa. 
متقین از اے پلورل آف متقی